Welcome back to the Catherine Thomas Podcast. Time and presence are the greatest gifts we can give. Thank you for sharing those with me today. My goals for our time spent together today are threefold. Reframing, recharging, and re-emerging. Reframing, referring to observing life through a different lens and finding the extraordinary in the ordinary. Recharging, referring to resetting mind and heart to a place of calmness, compassion, and curiosity. Re-emerging, referring to leaving today's conversation inspired to make a difference in the world through small and simple actions. My book, Awakening the Vulnerable Heart, illustrates the regenerative journey from simply existing to living authentically. I have been asked numerous times how that change came about. In my previous life, the recognition of gratitude was an obligatory yearly practice rather than a daily one. At that time, the thought of going around the Thanksgiving table saying what I was grateful for felt hokey and unnatural to me. During that period, my most common emotion was anger. I would get revved up and have a hard time settling down. Little things caused me to go from neutral to enraged very quickly. My then preschool-aged daughter gained a very colorful vocabulary during her tenure in the back seat of my car. At that point in my life, I had not embraced turning to myself and spirituality for contentment. I operated from the misconception that others would provide that for me. I carried resentment that others weren't stepping up to support me the way I was supporting them. I carried resentment for others not appreciating me in the way I wanted to be appreciated. I carried resentment for others not reading my mind about my need for that support and appreciation. My previous life was marked by pessimism and negative self-talk. I knew that to experience more bliss and contentment, I needed to incorporate new practices moving forward. My new spiritual practice allowed me to become adept at self-soothing and self-compassion even in the throes of hardship. My perception changed from being alone to being with myself, utilizing a model of child self, present self, and higher self. It allowed me to enter quiet mind and flow states more easily. It provided a comforting source of structure as my world was upended by COVID and divorce. My spiritual practice aided in the integration of mind, body, and spirit. It enabled me to frame life as happening for me rather than to me. I began to embrace the fact that I was only in control of my own thoughts, words, and actions. Utilizing the tools of awesome action, best intention, trust the process, I started living my life in a more intentional and self-compassionate manner. With this newly found clarity, I was able to connect the dots looking backwards. I reframe my past challenges as blessings, not blessings, but blessings, lessons that don't appear to really be giving us good things, but really are. And I was able to see that tricky circumstances were actually gifts. 
I gained understanding that what had previously been perceived as dead ends and false starts had actually paid, played a key role in getting me to where I was today. Seeing life as a combination of bitter and sweet, I moved from chasing happiness to embracing contentment. As a result of treating myself with understanding and compassion, I became more accepting of others. Awe and contentment replaced anger. Judgment transitioned into curiosity. Because I finally felt comfortable with my inner world, I gained the confidence to reach out to those I encountered out and about, extending that sense of ease to the external world. After instituting my spiritual practice, I started discovering hearts all over the place. These little gems can be found throughout my book, Awakening the Vulnerable Heart. I also derived an incredible feeling of awe from nature. I started attracting people with similar levels of optimism and spirituality. Vibe influences tribe. My new spirituality also resulted in a change in my poetry. Not only were they more prolific in number, but they also became more philosophical. Prose now served as an answer to prayer. I would like to share my poem, Starfish, to illustrate my transition from dis-ease to equanimity. Starfish. Not unlike the starfish, we possess the ability to regenerate when surrounded by blissful stillness. In today's episode, I will share the spiritual practices and morning and evening routines I use to elevate myself from a place of fear, scarcity, and discontent to one of acceptance, abundance, and contentment. Ready? Let's dive in. Morning spiritual practice. This first spiritual practice takes place before I even get out of bed. I like to gradually transition from sleep state to awake state. I take a few minutes to simply lay in stillness. I then focus on giving thanks for the previous night's rest. I name off positive aspects about that night's sleep, smooth transitioning from active to quiet mind sleep, the beauty of seeing stars when happening to be awake at 2 a.m. and a comfortable bed. My morning spiritual practice ends with the recitation of a prayer. Morning routine, mindful coffee time. Some people live to eat. I live to drink coffee and not just any coffee, but the special concoction I make myself each morning. This most fabulous creation consists of 25% ultra concentrated java and 75% froth milk. I've got a huge smile on my face now just thinking about it. I view 5 a.m. as coffee o'clock. In my midlife world, this means it's an appropriate time to start rocking my day. Rather than sitting in bed with an active mind, I get up, get moving, and start the day with my beloved cuppa. I treat brewing my coffee as a centering ritual. I slow down and am present in each step. I smell the unground beans. I smell the ground beans. I smell the finished product. I watch with delight as my milk becomes light and airy via my frother. Before I leave the kitchen with my coffee, I take a mindful moment and recite the following. 
I see it. I smell it. I hear it. Yes, the foam actually does make a noise. I feel it embracing the warmth of the mug and I taste it. My phone usage is limited during coffee time. While my coffee is brewing, I do just the basics. I check my bank app, my weather app, and back up my phone. Only intentional usage versus mindless scrolling. I notice any emails, but I do not respond. And I consciously avoid news and social media. I want my mind to transition into the day with as little outside noise and overstimulation as possible. At the end of coffee time, I state my morning intentions out loud. The art of mindful bed making. Because I have sleep challenges, it's important to me that my bed looks beautiful to set a good tone for nightly slumber. I use bedding that's pleasing to me and have a weekly routine for laundering sheets and cooking pillows. I create the coziest haven I can because that serves as a gift from my present self to my future self each and every day. Reconnecting with the happenings of the world. I do this with intention and only from my office. I purposefully check news once daily to avoid becoming overstimulated by negativity. I peruse sections of interest and avoid going beyond the headline of anything I find triggering. I get in and out as quickly as possible. Late morning spirituality session. This is my main spiritual practice of the day. It takes about 30 minutes, and I do the whole thing in a set order from memory. I am in a relaxed, hyper-focused state. I liken this to spoken meditation. I state my various affirmations and manifestations in the confident tone of a loving parent or supportive coach. I believe the tone in which thoughts are expressed affects the outcome. By hearing myself make these statements day after day, they become an internalized script that I speak into existence. Components of my late morning spirituality session. There are five parts to my mid-morning practice self-love and self-compassion, manifestation, gratitudes, asks, and recitation of mantras and affirmations. Self-love and self-compassion. This first part allows me to acknowledge the areas of my life that are most challenging. I use the following introduction with each. I am manifesting lots of self-love and self-compassion for I state the strategies I'm using to make those areas better, and this gives me clarity in seeing that I do have control over what I say, do, and think in those situations. Manifestation. I believe that words hold power, both spiritually and in the programming of our minds. I am a strong believer in speaking things into existence. I express out loud what my goal is, and the steps I am taking to achieve it. I state my intentions with power and positivity. I make sure that my tone reflects my belief, and I consciously phrase things in terms of what I want versus what I do not. Gratitudes. This is my favorite part, listing off the smallest of things that contributed to the success of my day. 
I offer thanks for all that's already transpired and advance thanks for what's yet to come. Asks. For any areas of my life that I find overwhelming, I ask for assistance, ending each request with a thank you. While doing this, I visualize the concern being released to a higher power, allowing me to move forward unencumbered. Recitation of mantras and affirmations. I finish by stating my various mantras. Hearing myself say them out loud holds me accountable and gives me a sense of comfort. I say them with power, positivity, and with a smile. Again, tone of voice and belief in what is being said are absolute key to success. Every year on the anniversary of my divorce, I choose words to inspire me throughout the following year. This allows me to set intentions for growth and to be accountable to them daily. This year, my words are reemergence, reinvention, and reconnection. Love and Abundance Spiritual Practice. Around the time of my divorce and COVID lockdown, I observe more anxious thoughts about the scarcity of love and money. I developed this practice to use at to use at the end of the day to quiet my mind for the remainder of the evening. This spiritual session begins with a series of positive affirmations. I choose a mindset of abundance over scarcity. I will always have the financial resources necessary to support myself. I will always have the financial and vocational opportunities necessary to support myself. I will always have a home. I will always have the transportation necessary for my independence. I will always attract and keep the people and relationships that are meant for me. The next part reminds me to stay rooted in the present rather than fixating on the future. I will stay in the present versus crystal balling because the present determines the future. My tools to stay in the present are awesome action, best intention, trust the process. I will remember all I've accomplished in the past and have faith in my ability to do so moving forward. Finally, a series of powerful directives serve to embolden my journey. I will show myself love and compassion daily for doing the best I can with what I have. Baby steps our steps. I will follow my inner knowing, not fear. Recognition of intangible abundance in my life. I reflect on the various kinds of connection I enjoy in my daily life. Casual acquaintances, life helpers, neighborhood friends, and friends. I reflect on the abundance of enriching attributes in my life. I take time to give thanks for each one, individually reciting the following. I am grateful for the abundance of, in my life. These attributes include flexibility, intentionality, mindfulness, minimalism, simplicity, frugality, boundaries, contentment, humor, smiles, laughter, abundance, gratitude, nature, magic, awe, synchronicity, and peace. Recognition of the tangible abundance in my life. 
This practice focuses on my home, community, and possessions. I go through each room, giving thanks for it and its contents. I acknowledge my neighbors who help my quad feel like home. And I express gratitude for being able to live in a community with gorgeous architecture, nature, and artists. I conclude with the following mantra. I am surrounded by love and abundance. I attract love and abundance. I exude love and abundance. I will always have love and abundance. I show up as my true and genuine self with an open and vulnerable heart. I attract and keep the people and relationships that are meant for me. I attract people and relationships that bring joy, ease, and love. Evening routine. I find that any sort of exciting information after 5 p.m. positive or negative affects my ability to sleep well. For this reason, I handle all calls and emails before this time. And as a telecommuter, I transition from my workday to my downtime with two steps. I listen to music that moves my energy from my head to my body. And I listen to aspirational podcasts while lounging in my favorite chair, off of my phone, looking out into serene nature. After dinner, I follow an intentional screen protocol. I only watch television shows that allow me to stay in a quiet mind state. I avoid phone scrolling during this time, choosing to be completely present with my shows. End of the day spiritual practice. My last spiritual practice of the day commences after evening television before retiring to the bedroom. The intention is to set the stage for a good night's sleep by quieting and clearing my mind before entering my bedroom. Before starting, I take a final look at my phone. After that, it is closed until morning. I then run through a highlight reel of gratitudes from the day. I take a mental trip through, naming out loud the experiences that made it stand out and expressing gratitude. And I end the process with a prayer. Welcoming sleep. Over the last three years, I have encountered more challenges remaining asleep. I believe in the power of speech, and instead of labeling it insomnia, I use the term active mind sleep. When I observe this happening during the night, I focus on my breathing, search for and eradicate any tension in my body, and reassure myself that all I need to do right now is to simply rest. I stay calm, treating myself with compassion, remembering that this happens sometimes and other nights are better. When it has been an active mind sleep night, I remind myself the next morning to treat myself with extra compassion and kindness. With the goal of ensuring the best night's sleep possible, I instituted a calming bedtime ritual to create a positive reconnection with the bedroom at the end of the day. I say goodnight to the photos of my guardian angels that I keep on my dresser. I say goodnight to all of my sacred objects, naming what inspiration they each provide for me. And I transition from my screen-based day to a book book. No e-readers, no books on tape, just the retro comfort of turning actual pages. When reading time is over, I turn off the volume on, on my phone and I charge it in my office. 
This takes away any temptation to look at it during an awake period during the night. It also allows me to wake up the next morning without having the world in my bedroom. It's just me and my spirituality versus emails, texts, news, and social media notifications. Finally, to sum up today's conversation, I would like to share my poem, Rear View Mirror. Rear View Mirror. When one chooses to sit in awe and gratitude, it becomes clear all the challenges that took place in the past served as framework for the life enjoyed this day. Thank you so much for taking the time to tune in today. If you found today's episode helpful, I would love it if you'd share it with someone else who might also enjoy it. My book of poetry and photography, Awakening the Vulnerable Heart, is available on Amazon. Until we meet again, may you find beauty. Beauty.